What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Music for the Messes podcast. My name is Keith, and the other hosts that are joining me is Mike and Mel. What's up, everybody? What's up? How are you guys doing? I'm <laughs> doing great. I'm doing fine. I'm doing dandy, but I'm not doing fine and dandy. Oh, that's a lot. <laughs> Anyways, well, welcome to the show this week. If you don't know, we have our normal show coming up to you where we have a topic, we pick some songs, and we talk about them like we think we know what we're talking about. <laughs> we're trying to bring you a podcast of music unsanitized, but it usually gets a little dirty around here. You know what I'm saying? It's real dirty. <laughs> Depends on who shows up to the show. Yep. <laughs> yes, never boy. know. We will be riding dirty today, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so this week, our topic comes from the mastermind of topics, Mike yes. over there. <laughs> and we're going to be bringing songs that make us want to either research the song, research the meaning of the song, research the title of the song, or just do some research because we listen to this song. Yes. Yeah. And actually, this is like... Our whole idea that kind of brought about our whole music for the messes podcast from the get go because we kind of were talking about music and some other things and started throwing out. I don't know if y'all remember this, but I do. Or y'all were like in your brotherly love moment. I don't know, but now I just was over here by myself. <laughs> we're too busy smooching, uh, right? But yeah, this kind of started the whole thing because we started talking about music when we were just shooting the shit after one of our podcasts. I think it was after Mike was on ours, mm. and uh, he was talking about how the song that he's going to talk about today um, <laughs> and how he had come up with topics and was thinking, throwing this out. Like this topic's been in existence for a while. Yeah, so. kind of has. It's been around yeah. for a minute. So this kind of like brought the whole music to the messes podcast. Yeah. I'm the historian of the group, just in case anybody wondered. <laughs> yeah, she's the historian <laughs> of the group. <laughs> Somebody has to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember, though. The rest of it's shady. <laughs> More than I remember. Yeah, so if you don't know how the show works, thanks for joining us because this is probably your first time listening because you've probably never listened to another episode before this. And thank you to the three people who do listen. We yeah, appreciate you. Word. <laughs> we love you. We do. We really do. It's probably so, us <laughs> <laughs> on our own separate devices. <laughs> I do try not to listen to our I shows. I try not to, Specifically too. not to run up the numbers. <laughs> I try not to listen because I don't want to hear myself talk. So There's, there's three of us and three listeners. Coincidence? I, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm a narcissist. I love to hear myself talk. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this week. It's your phone. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I always forget. Yeah, just like Your electric crazy. boogie woogie woogie. I just throw it. I'll just throw it on the floor. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, so our topic this mm, week is what we're saying. You're gonna have to cut this part out. It's your watch. I'm not cutting nothing out. Okay, then leave it in there. That's bullshit, man. This is off the cuff. This is messy. Right. He, all I can hear is static because he's got like half of his electronic devices like <laughs> cause interference on him. So I'm like, really? It's, it's just like strip poker over here. Take your shirt off. Let's go. <laughs> I'm like just finding a things. Fucking microwave take off. in your guys' house, just <laughs> interrupting all the fucking things. <laughs> We've got really warnings much. on the outside of the house. Yeah. <laughs> so. Our topic this week is research, and we bring four songs to the table, our joint song, which we all agree on. We'll bring an old song that's 2005 and older, a new song that's from 2006 or newer, Captain Obvious there. Yeah, yeah. And we bring a song that is outside of the genre of metal, rock, and punk, which we call our genre bender. Yes. So this week, our joint song is what? It's The Cult of Personality by Living Color. Yes. We had a lot of good choices for this one, but this is the one we all settled on. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's a great song. It's for me, it was life changing. Oh, because it was the first time I saw an all black rock group. Yeah, that's true. And Good point. murder it. Like they yeah. weren't just like, oh, we're a gimmick. These dudes mm-hmm. are legit. Like, legit, and they're imposingly legit. big. Like I remember watching them like on MTV Awards or something. Was it maybe? I was like, those dudes are serious. Like they are <laughs> freaking intense. Like it was nice though. I mean, it was yeah. like it, they got they got energy. They got power. Yeah, it's a it's a great group. Um, the song, I'll never forget it. Like hearing that opening riff oh, and yeah. just and falling in love with the track and falling in love with the group and because I was already in I was in a impoverished area where I grew up at. So a lot of my friends were not white. <laughs> so it was kind of like, wow, now I get to see, a, I mean, you know, and then you find out the whole, like, researching this song in general, I've done research on it before in my life, just because, you know, the whole cult of personality, the whole political basis of what's going on in the background of the song, the message of the song, you don't understand it when, what, uh, 88, 87, I was seventh, eighth grade, I mean, I'm a little kid from the trailer park. You know, there's not a lot of researching going on back then, but then when I got older and you had internet. I bet you knew how to stick a firecracker in a cat's ass, though. <laughs> I can say I've done a few things with a firecracker, and that <laughs> is one of them. Babe. <laughs> I'm marking that in the annals. The annals? What? <laughs> Word. I guess it was where the firecracker probably went. <laughs> but yeah, this is this is one of those songs that are that that's not just a classic song, but it's a song I can throw on at any time, listen to, and it 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 doesn't age. It's a right. great song. Yeah. No, it's still relevant. Like still even now, twenty twenty one, it's still it could relevant. Be more relevant today right. than it was 100%. Back then, if it's possible. Yeah, oh yeah. no, absolutely. Absolutely. It's uh I think with Vernon Reed, just like what he came up with with that riff, just I'm just gonna say, uh, the man is a genius. Yeah, the Certified. riff's great. the The song's amazing. The band's mm-hmm. amazing. I think a lot of things about it, like you said, is they were similar to me. The first complete four piece African American group mm-hmm. that you saw just slay it out there. Yeah, and it, Corey Glover's voice is is phenomenal. Oh, yeah. And Vernon Reed's phenomenal and mm-hmm. the, the rhythm section. But the amazing thing about it is they are, they bring a lot of punk to the table. Yeah. Old school punk, like Bad Brains. Mm-hmm. And oh, that God, was not a popular style for MTV. They mm-hmm. were able to pull it off because the riff was amazing. Uh, they're good looking dudes and they're just fucking amazing musicians. But they brought something to the table nobody else was. The the guitar sound, especially back then, everybody had kind of the clean guitar sound. That yeah. was just it was just gross sounding in a good way. And his mm-hmm. solo, everybody was so busy trying to sound like Eddie Van Halen and yeah. he had nothing to do with that shit. He's like, No, I'm just no. fucking I'm just wailing, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it was a his solos are interesting. The Especially if you listen to the verses in the song, there's a lot of dissonant chords. They yep. use a lot of jazz, fusion, funk chords. And it's, you wouldn't know it just listening to it because the song just feels like it just rolls. They've even got the time change in the beginning. There's yep. a, it's just a, it's just a groove, man. The thing I learned 
researching today that I did not know, okay, mm-hmm. is that Corey Glover played Francis in Platoon. Mm-hmm. I did not know that. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, don't forget about her. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I <have no> idea. <laughs> but yeah, they were during the recording of that album. I think they were they got signed. He was yeah. I was reading about how he was having to fly back and forth and yeah. spend a few little time. But I was. It's well, amazing that a guy's that good at everything in life. Well, what what disturbed me the most was I knew this band was their home, like their home venue was CBGB's mm-hmm. in New York. So I mean, this is where, and when they, as soon as they wrote the song, they they immediately took it to the stage. And and reading one of the uh, interviews with uh, I think Vernon, he said that man, as soon as we opened that riff up, man, people were just off the walls. Like the energy was yeah. so you crazy. Can just hear it. Yeah. Like it was it was amazing. But he said the bad thing about all this was I think the bass player I cannot remember his name to save my life. I was just I just had it Must in my head. Skillings. Yeah. Skillings. Yeah, because he done work with um, uh, Mick Jagger. Okay, so he he somehow got Mick Jagger because Mick Jagger was uh, recording his studio pe- or his solo piece. What was that trash? Uh, no, I'm sorry. Oh, <laughs> um, it's, yeah, that's you're, that's that's a fair assessment of a lot of Mick Jagger's solo work. <laughs> but anyways, he was in town recording at a studio, and somehow uh, they got him down to CBGB's to listen to the play. And here's my thing: this whole song is like politically charged. I mean, it, I mean, the cult of personality in of itself is. And I know we'll go long on this because it's our research episode. But, you know, I mean, the, the title is from, um, what was the old boy's name? Um, uh, hold on a second. Khrushchev. Yeah. The, his book, Cult the of Personality. Khrushchev, yeah. Yeah. So about Stalinism and things yeah, like yeah. that. So they're, they're writing this song with this, this, like, politically charged background, you know, because there's always just been this talk, like, rock and roll was stolen um, from the black man by the white man, you know, Elvis Presley and things like that. So here comes this four-piece you know, group that there's no white men in it. There's, I mean, it's just the African-American community represented. They're killing it with some of the most original, like, I mean, shit's heavy, it's hard, it's great. Like you said, it's got that really, it's got that East Side punk vibe from it because, you know, yeah. of course, CBGBs. And it's still, they couldn't, without Mick Jagger showing up, giving his approval, a white man doing their music, giving them approval, they still might have not got signed to the record deal. That's what blew my mind. Like, as good as these guys are on their own, it they still, still took- need it another person oh, that wow. was not black to get them in the door. Yeah. That was, yeah. I mean, like he was, he, and he said it, he's like, he goes, man, here comes four guys with a hair of di- different texture. Still needing <laughs> a white guy to get us in the door. Good <laughs> I mean, Lord. that was, that was, that was the craziest thing. And I'm like, I'm like, so how relevant, like, you know, you think about it, we're talking about this is 19 in the eighties when definitely. Well, there's no growth clearly. Well, but the thing, I mean, it's, Clearly, we knew in the 80s there's still a large gap between uh, the race of who was playing this music. I mean, now it's kind of – it's dwindled down a bunch now, but it's still that way. Mm -hmm. I mean, I remember watching a documentary about punk music, uh, you know, how it's still a white man's world and how hard it is for a person of color. Of course it is. Well, I think even then, to take it even a step further is that – Especially in the 80s, if anything, it seemed like music went backwards for a while mm-hmm. as far as in the, in the 50s, 60s, etc. Even there were some black artists yeah. that were, were accepted mainstream. It seemed like in the 80s, it was primarily just like Michael Jackson, Whitney Houston. Yeah, those yeah that were, was it. Yeah, everything, it was, it was just, there wasn't a lot of diversity in music. Mm-mm. And for... 
Living Color to come along and just, yeah, they they kicked it wide open. And now, for even though the man, the guy is probably insane, is you have people embracing, and I'm not a fan of him, but like even Kanye West, you have people embracing other ethnicities. Mm-hmm. Aquafina, for instance, she's hilarious. There's there's all these people that are coming in as actors, as as musicians, as where that wasn't a thing even right. 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, look at Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. If you look even at wrestling, I think, are you a wrestling fan, Keith? Oh, yeah. I yeah, you. Oh, okay. yeah. But if you look at wrestling all the way through, like, the 80s, 90s, up until yeah. about The Rock, mm-hmm. it was primarily white world champions. Sometimes yeah. they would let an African-American win a tag team championship or the U.S. title or yeah. something, but never yeah, right. really a world champion. Just really, it was it was so rare. And now, you know, The Rock Johnson is the biggest fucking thing since sliced bread. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I love him. Yeah, well, who doesn't? He but, gets the uh, music for the massive seal of approval. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, this is baby. I, 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 <laughs> but this this song is something that is, like I said, it it ages well because the music is that good. Mm-hmm. Corey, more, I mean, like uh, Mike said, more relevant now than it probably was when it yeah, first that's came what I'm saying. out. So I mean, it still so sticks now. around. So yeah. you know, it's one of those songs that's just going to never die. So not to beat this one into the ground because we would because it's that fucking good. But yeah. I know Mike is. Dying to get his old song. I mean, this is like months in the making for this song. I've been threatening to throw this band in for months now because you have. I mean, literally from the minute we met you, we have heard about this band and probably the song. And like, it's it's good. It's good as hell. It's fucking great, is what it is. So the song I'm going with is from a band out of New Hampshire. And their name is Scissor Fight, which is <laughs> hilarious. And the name of this song is Jocko Macaco. And you probably wonder to yourself, what the hell is a Jocko Macaco? Well, Self? I, What's Jocko Macaco? <laughs> I, of course, was becoming a Scissor Fight fan once I started working at my last job. I was a little late to the Scissor Fight bandwagon. I don't think there's many people on the bandwagon, <laughs> but I was later than most. And I came across them via a song called Blizzards, Buzzards, Bastards, which is also just a smoke show. And so I started listening to their back catalog. And this was one that fucking came on. And it's just straightforward. It's gross. It's disgusting. The singer's just sounds like he's gargling Ajax. And, <laughs> but I started listening to the lyrics. And they these guys write some of the craziest lyrics. They wrote a song about gibbeting Captain Kidd. And I could have put that one in here if you don't know what gibbeting <laughs> is. Gibbeting is when you no. hang somebody out like uh, they used to do it in the 1700s or something, pirates and shit. They're just, they just think about all this crazy shit. But now back to the point. Jocko Macaco. You listen to the song and it's talking about a monkey fighting dogs with a stick. <laughs> and you're like, where does he come up with this shit? He didn't come up with any of it. This is a real story back in the, I think it was the late 1700s. I'd have to look it up. Maybe it been earlier. 1800s, I think. 1800s. Okay. Yeah. I, I, it was a while back. And pretty much, yeah, they had. 18, in the early yeah. 1820s. Apparently, there was a monkey, okay, that attacked his owner. And I think he ended up, like, attacking his owner, and he gave it to another guy, and he tried to attack him, and somehow the guy came up with a great idea. He's like, 
I'm going to take this thing down to the Westminster dog pits and let it bite dogs. Because mm-hmm. it's somehow mean as hell. He walks in there with a monkey and gives him a stick, and he's like, can we get this little bastard to fight dogs? I'm like, <laughs> sure, why not? And this monkey just beats the shit out of dogs with a stick, and people bet on it. It's crazy. Yeah. You can't even make that shit up. Well, like, it's no, literally, it's, it's, you can't even make that up. Yeah, if you listen to the song, you're like, this guy is a fuck nut, man. Where did he come <laughs> up with this? No, this really fucking happened. And there's some wild stuff out there. If you ever get a chance, the listener, all two to three of you, is go out and check out Jocko Macaco. I'll try to find out. There was a six or seven minute long special on it where they have like a little museum of oddities mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you can go to in England. And they have, I think, his ashes and they yep. have a monkey with a stick and a <laughs> ring that's supposed to be Jocko Macaco. If I ever mm-hmm. fucking get there, I'm going to see this because yeah. I will... Was he big? Was he like a big monkey? No, he was no. tiny. It was like a like from what they they don't really know exactly like a what capuchin type, monkey, more like a a gaboon. I don't know what that is. Yeah, it's a smaller monkey. Said he yeah. weighed about twelve pounds, maybe. Oh gosh, so he was tiny. Yeah, but he carried a big stick. There was and, <laughs> and because Mike said you got to check this out, so I did some heavy duty research on this. Yeah. Like I went deep. I mean, I went super deep. I found out that this this Jocko Macaco is so famous that they actually use his story or things about him in, like, parliament speeches. Like, people actually really reference this Jocko Macaco. And there was another story. Like, they said they really couldn't pinpoint what the true story was, so they had this other version where this sailor picked up this picked up Jocko Macaco somewhere, and he came in, and he was too mean, so he did give him to some other yeah. guy, but he kept attacking him. Like, he would, like, like yeah. voraciously so he bite was, like, stuff. So he beating his So owner. he's like, he's like, I'm done with it. So he's like, he I'm, to the streets. well, no, he said he took him out and oh, like he, he chained he, him up. He sicked his dogs on he him. He right? sicked the dogs on him. And the, yeah. the monkey beat the dogs. I'm like two vicious dogs. He's like, holy shit. Let me, let me let's make some money off this. Yeah. He put him in. And the thing was, it's, it's not even the fact that he was beating dogs. He had a tactic to fighting. Like he figured out how to <laughs> No, he would. It's called monkey baiting. He was yep. literally bait dogs in, like show him his back, like he was going, like they could get him, and he would trick him and jump on his back and get under him and get at his windpipes and tear out their windpipes and bleed what? him. And they said there was always so much blood, and they always thought it was the monkey's blood. It was never the monkey's blood. It was always a dog. It was always a dog. It was just a he badass like, fighting machine. I think he had like 13 14 matches, and he yeah. won 13. Holy shit. And then there was and finally. I don't know exactly if he lost the last match. If you listen to the song, they make yeah. it sound like he was undefeated, but it sounds like he may have met his match with, as Wikipedia says, or at least some article I remember say, a bitch named Puss. Yeah, a well-known yeah. bitch named Puss. That's exactly right. <laughs> Hell yeah, it's a fucking woman took out Jocko Macaco. There you go. But they think they don't know if he died from the injuries or if he had some sort of illness or anyways. But yeah, there, he's right. There's like this whole thing, a true crime museum in uh, Hastings, East Sussex. It's, it's in East Sussex. You can look up, say, Jocko Macaco in his little stick. But yeah, it's, it's an amazing, <laughs> it's literally like this amazing freaking, like, I would it have never. It sounds so fucking made up, but it's completely it's, true. It's one hundred percent true. That's like, freaking amazing. Fucking, this is why England's like but they, freaking I mean, crazy. Like, the, like that shit articles, happens there for real. One of the articles I read literally went in detail about his fighting tactics. Like he had a little, like a little stick. He would Hell take. Hell yeah, into, he did. Oh my god, it's it's, it's like we the need song's a movie. great. But I was listening to the song. I was like, so all right, so I haven't researched it yet, right? So I'm like, but the song's good though. I'm listening to the song, and I'm listening to the song. I was like. 
fuck is this guy talking about? I was like, oh, this, I can't wait to get home and actually research this. And when I got home, I was like, oh, this all makes so much sense now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chaco I, 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 the lyrics are so good, too. He's like, uh, I, let me see, yeah. Never in the history of dog fighting yeah. was it ever so exciting. Is a day into a pit walked a monkey with a stick. stick. <laughs> the, biting, the biting and the beating were not considered cheating. It ended in a flood of canine blood. Oh, I love Dang, that. Dang, that's I love, good. But the way he does it, it ended in blood. Canine yeah. blood. Yeah. <laughs> it ended in a flood of canine blood. I love it so much. And then, and then the, the, the fucking hook is so cool. It's like, money, the money's, yeah, your money's on the monkey. The monkey <laughs> wins. I just love how he just wins. Yeah, it's, 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 a, it's, it was fun. I mean, this is one of those songs that, like, it, it, and our first introduction to scissor scissor fight. Uh, well, I think I had. We uh, had listened to some other yeah. chords, but we saved this one. This was yeah, this yeah. was a jewel to save yeah. for sure. Yeah, but scissor fight's entire catalog is full of shit like this. They've yeah. got a, another song called Drunken Hangman, and it's just like the the intro to the song is just like here comes the <laughs> drunken hangman. He's getting wrecked. I just these guys are so good at making. Yeah, they have a song called New Hampshire's All Right If You Like Fighting. They're just full of... <laughs> these guys are some of the best poets out of New Hampshire, but they just, they're just they just redneck guys. They're just fucking great. I love this band. One of my favorite I mean, What bands. else is there I to do in that New Hampshire but write poetry? <laughs> it's New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, I'm yeah. hopeful that like if we ever got to talk to these guys, they're actually really well-spoken. Like, yes, we were sitting around discussing... Uh, English politics, and we saw where Jaco Makako was being discussed in Parliament, and we did some <laughs> research and found out that Jaco Makako actually was a real story. So we decided to put pen to paper, as one does when they want to write a song, <laughs> and yes. we came up with the song, and it goes something like this: Never in the history of fighting. <laughs> yes, Jaco Makako. Word, I'm so yeah. glad we finally know that the, the meaning behind this uh, long-awaited song. <laughs> well, I, I don't, I don't hype up many things, but I do believe that this story is so amazing, and it really needs. I would love to see like a mini movie based yes. on like, a cartoon movie, <laughs> Jocko Macaco, like Mo- Mojo Jojo playing Jocko Macaco. Oh my God, yes! I am Mojo Jojo. <laughs> I don't know who that is. Powerpuff Girls. Mm-mm. Oh my gosh! How do you even have a daughter? We didn't watch that. I'm sad. Did you watch Tori? Nope, Tori no. didn't see it either. I don't even know what a Powerpuff Girl is. I mean, I know what they are. Like one's pink, I think. I'm sad. <laughs> That's a good guess. <laughs> if you're gonna guess what a Powerpuff Girl is, you probably guess pink is one of the colors. One's Blo- Blossom is one of their names. Okay, I know something. See, okay, but it's that's it. Out. But I'll. I'll <laughs> okay, well, let's get him to play Jocko Makako. That would be excellent. That would be dope. That would be so good. <laughs> carry a little stick. So, again, I could talk ad nauseum about this song. Yeah. So, we will put this in the annals of the music for the messes. That's and now we stuff. will go on to our new song. My new song. Oh, that's my choice. That was The Kill <laughs> <clears throat> by 30 Seconds to Mars. And it's crazy to think that this is the new song. It's 2006. It just hits the end of it. That's what I'm saying. It's like I think of the kill, and I think this song is old as dirt. Like, yeah, but that's it's what I think in my head. I double checked it, it too. Dirt. It's 14 years old. Yeah, yeah. But I, I mean, it's old. It. it is. It is the. It is what we call the beginning of the emo band phase. Not the early 2000s, but yeah. Yeah. 
So I chose this song because when I first had heard the song, 2006, um, umpteenth years ago, um, it was more based on the video is what made me research it. Because mm -hmm. when you first listen to the song, you assume the song is about a relationship, but it's really not. Mm -hmm. It's actually about your own relationship with yourself. Yeah. Jared Leto, as we all know, is a little twisted. He's a little strange. Um, but the whole video for the song is all based on um, the Red Rum movie. There's actual the shining. the shining. There's actual replacement scenes of that in yeah. the video. Mm -hmm. So I just thought the whole video was kind of interesting. I did research on it like a while ago. I didn't do any like currently because I already knew about it. But I just thought it was kind of an interesting little little song. Yeah, it's, a, it's the a video and all that makes the whole song though. Yeah. I mean, it is really part of it. The song itself is is good, but the video yeah. is quite nice. What did you think about it, there, uh, Mr. Mike? You know, it was new to you. It is new to me, and it's a testament to how little I listen to new music. <laughs> <laughs> but it was fine. I, you know, the thing is, is this goes back to this type of song. Just doesn't. It's, I. It's a good song. That's that's the thing. When I hear songs like this, I know they're good songs. But I tend to have like as simple as it gets. It's got to have. To me, it didn't have a fat riff, and it, it it's. No, it's it, kind of it's all done in waltz timing. The whole song is in waltz oh, timing. Okay. It's meant to be very like mm -hmm. dancey. Yeah. It's okay. it's different than what they like. It's very different than anything else that they yeah. have too. Their it's not catalog. in their whole yeah. wheelhouse. Yeah, I actually um, saw these guys play in Louisville. They opened for Chevelle one time, <gasps> many many moons ago. Oh my god! And they had, if Pete? I recall, it was it was hilarious. Yeah. I forget who opened. There was three bands. It, does, it doesn't matter. Just Chevelle matters. That's really Well, here was the problem. They had three bands, and the first band, the sound system sounded like dog shit. And I'm like, this is going to be a long fucking night. Yeah. 30 Seconds Mars comes out there. I didn't know any other shit. I didn't know Jared Leto was in the band. I still I wouldn't know Jared Leto if he slapped me in the face. I'm just not a fan. I don't know the guy. But I knew, you know, there were a lot of girls talking and rooting and on, and it was a fucking thing. And Whatever they did to the fucking sound system, it sounded amazing. Yeah, they sound good like, live. This sounds fucking great. And I was like, I can't wait to hear Chevelle. I don't know what Chevelle's sound guy did, but he must have been the sound guy for the first band because he went and fucking he, sounded like it was just like playing in a fucking tin can. Nope, I was like, that's it was how, unlistenable. That's what they do. That's what happened. Was, you had a bad Pete experience. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> Every time was, I go to see Chevelle, I have seen Chevelle probably, I don't know, probably 15 or 16 times easily. And every time I'm like, please let Pete have a good night. Please <laughs> let Pete have a good night. And then sometimes you're just like, fucking Pete, what you been doing back there, dude? So you had a bad Pete night. I'm sorry. I apologize. Oh, it was, I, I was excited to see Chevelle. I really like point number one. That's one of my best. Like, I love oh, that whole, that first so album good. was great. And the second I love album's Pete. good. And I was excited. And after about half the show, I was like, this is unlistenable. I just left. I was like, I can't listen to this. Oh, I, I want to hear the band. I just can't fucking listen to it. Pete. But as far as 30 Seconds to Mars, I can say, again, the guys can fucking play. The yeah, song just, good. Uh, yeah, it's it's not in my wheelhouse. It's no offense. It's, no, no, I'm a very, I'm a very simple uh, music listener. Mm -hmm. Is It's got to have a groove. I don't take things very deep. I'm very surface level. I want to fucking jam, and that's it. And if I'm not... I'm not jamming. I'm not into it. So I get that. Yeah, I'm a lyric junkie. Well, the lyrics are good. I'll give you that. Because this, yeah. this is one of those songs that, matter of fact, I think still, like, 
and I've had Spotify since basically it came out. And then Last FM, of course, connected to Spotify, so it does the scrabble, so mm-hmm. it tracks what you listen to. The Kill right. is actually my most played song ever. Is it? Yeah, because I went through this whole, like when I was going through my whole divorce phase and separation phase, The Kill was like the top song because it was just, it, of course, it's not about relationships, it's about a relationship with yourself, but at the same time. It, oh, it's it, got some good lines in there, oh, some good fuck you lines, though. Yeah, it really does. <laughs> but, um, it's but an emotionally charged song. I mean, I, I like this song songs. because this is one of those songs when I was learning how to, or when I was coming out of my worship guitar phase where it was just all open chords, when I started learning a little more intricate styles. This is one of those songs that I love that melody, especially in that open, in that the opening where it's just, because this is the first like song I learned how to play uh, bar chords on for mm-hmm. the cor- for the chorus and everything. Because this is simple. I mean, it's like, yeah. uh, it's like E. Anyways, it's a simple it's a simple course, but the the verses and the bridge play a little bit more intricate with the the pull offs and everything, and I really love so I I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to play it so I love that melody in my head, yeah. So many times I hear it, it's like bam. Jared Leto is a great singer. Um, he, he's a crazy motherfucker, but uh, Halo touch. But this song is one of those songs that is so different from the rest of their catalog because I really don't listen to anything Thirty Seconds from Mars. Except for this and closer to the edge, and those are the only two songs I listen to. Oh yeah, to see, them. I listened to their whole uh, third album. Yeah, the one that just came out not too long ago because yeah. I went to their concert. Right. So, uh, it but it's different. It's definitely different. I think it's a very theatrical song, and, I, and maybe again, that's more what it is, and why it's kind of yeah. not a very um like throw it on. Yeah. I don't know. I'll I'll belt it out in the car. I did it often mm-hmm. yeah. while you were listening to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that's the thing with some of these songs. When I, and I probably just sound like a stick in the mud sometimes, but you guys tend to pick songs that are actually a little deeper. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's harder to get into those songs sometimes. First, second listen, you got to It's something that I won't say yeah, grows yeah. on you, but it's yeah. You got to hear it more times than we're probably than I'm probably putting in to really appreciate it. Because again, thirty seconds to Mars. Uh, there, there have been bands that I'm sure I've, I've said bad things about, and this is not one of them. Again, I saw them live, and they were amazing. And yeah, they do give a good away. show. Yeah, they give well, a good live show. And so yeah, I won't say a bad word about the band. I know they they can fucking smoke. So this was just one I think maybe it's, it's not in my wheelhouse yeah. anyway. And, and well, I mean the thing is, is a lot of times you come across songs like this when you talk about deeper songs. It's, that song came in a moment of your life where mm-hmm. you kind of needed yeah. it. So that's mm-hmm. what attracted it to you. There's a lot of songs I listen to that I don't listen to any other song from that band. And right. this is kind of one of those bands just because it was that song at that moment in my life that yeah. just said, click. Yeah, so, yeah. And that's, same. Yeah. So, yeah. Like I told you the story about when we went to karaoke, there's a little girl in there. It was a couple of years ago. And this was a song she picked to sing karaoke in a, in, in a bar. In Raleigh. It was awful. Poor little thing. I mean, she was just struggling the whole thing. Nobody knew the song. I mean, it was just dead. But, boy, when she, that song came out, I was like, oh, this song. And so I was like, me and her, like, totally going in the whole bar. No, she's terrible. But, I mean, I probably but made you, you were still cheering her on, right? I was. I sang with her the whole entire time. There's, like, a video of me up there, like, singing with the girl awesome. trying to help her along. Yep. So, for me, it was, like, this place. And I mean, the meaning meant, the song meant something before that. But it was, mm. like, this. that's my vision of this song now is, like, that poor little girl. She was singing her heart out. Yep. She felt it. But nobody yeah, else did. I think I was did. telling you guys in the episode when we did TNT that my son used to sing TNT. At yes, TNT yes, 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 yes. So yeah, I was. Yeah, he was. He was terrible, but people loved it. So it oh was, yeah, 
you know, so when anytime you see a kid get up and sing a song, I don't yep. care. You're not going to hear me say a bad word more fucking power. No, I was yeah. like, <laughs> me and her had a moment. Yeah. <laughs> the only word. two in the whole bar. <laughs> it's fine. All right, so you're up, genre bender. And dun, 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 this is probably the most popular song of the evening, um, but only because I don't know. Cult of Personality is pretty popular. Yeah, but this one trumps it. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Like as far as how it did on the billboards, how it does yeah, it completely oh, yeah. around the world. Well, it's a it bigger, is, yeah, I get that. And let's be honest, the remix of this is called A Fistful of Peanuts. I mean, how can you beat that? The remix. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Which goes great because this is the Gorillas' Clint Eastwood. This is their first single that was debuted for the band. Um, a made-up damn band. It's not a, it's, it's a virtual band. It's not a made-up band. Did uh, you know they were virtual? <laughs> did you know that? I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I'd heard. I, I didn't know they were. I knew they were something weird about them like that. Where they, I didn't know. Yeah, they he were, told me they're virtual. Well, it's I didn't think they really so. Shows. <laughs> uh, I lost some of my notes, so y'all have to forgive me. Uh, <laughs> but Clint Eastwood is was the debut single for the Gorillas. The Gorillas is made up of real people, okay. but you don't ever really see them. I mean, you know who they are. Um, one of my Damon Albarn. That's right, Damon Albarn. And um, is the front man from Blur. Oh. If you don't know who Blur oh. is, it's song two. Woo-hoo! Yeah. 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 Okay. So so he, him, and the rest of the guys, there's been a lot of people that's been in and out of the band. They've had different virtual people because it's, you know, this was this kind of act of like, we're going to play music, but you're not going to see who actually is playing the music oh. and singing. And Clint Eastwood came out, and this came out, what, 2000? 2001 and it was i was instantly hooked to this band like yeah instantly hooked. so it's literally about clint eastwood well no it's not about clint eastwood it's it's they took the they took the name of the song from clint eastwood but they also when they were recording it there was a jamaican reggae guy because they were mm-hmm. in jamaica and there was a reggae guy that went by the uh number the name of clint eastwood too so they oh, used nice. that as well but a lot of the song um has been tracked with uh, some of the, you can hear some of the sounds. Yeah, from the, the whistling good, part. You yeah, can the hear good, that the part. the bad, and the ugly movies. Like I said, the, the remake of this is actually called A Fistful of Peanuts, an ode to A Fistful of Dollars by Clint Eastwood. Oh, gotcha. But I just picked it because I, I, I did some research on it. It was a genre song, and I'm like, God, how can I get the gorillas in this show? And this is how I did it. And this is one of my, it's not my favorite track by the gorillas. But What's your favorite? My favorite is uh, 19 2000. Okay, I think mine is fire coming out of the monkey's head. Oh, yeah, that's really good, too. That's really good, too. But, yeah, 19 is probably my favorite because it's the coolest harmony re- melody I think they've done. Of course, I love Feel Good, Inc., and there's a bunch of other stuff. But this one really got me because the first time I heard it, I immediately recognized Dell the Funky Homo Sapien rapper. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh, because he's one of my favorites. Mr. Dabalita, Mr. Bob Dabalita. Yes. Dabalita, Mr. Bob Dabalita. Oh, my God, it was so good. And plus, I mean... The, the mashup that the gorillas use across the board um, of people that come in and out, they still, I mean, they're still relevant doing music today. I mean, it's not like they dropped off. I mean, these guys are still just killing it, and I love their stuff. Um, my favorite line uh, in the whole thing was, uh, hold on. <laughs> what do you think about the song, Mike? Oh, I, I love this song. So I, the gorillas are great, and I uh, – this is a very simple song, which is when when you hear a song like this, we've got a song coming up, I think, in our next podcast mm-hmm. as well. That's 
simple like this. There's not a lot of changes to it. And, but you just, they lock into a groove and sometimes that's all you need. And Mm -hmm. it's very simple bass. And it's just the guy's voice. He's, it's, it's just such an interesting way he sings, especially with this band. And then Delta Funk and Homo Sapiens great in any yeah. fucking thing that guy's in. Yeah. So it's kind of just a perfect combination. You knew it was going to be good. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's one of those songs that you can hear on the radio and, and listen to it. It's It was a radio hit, but it was also a good song. There's just not enough of those. So yeah, I was, I was a fan. I was excited. My, my cover band tried to play it. And we absolutely butchered it. We never <laughs> it was because you weren't virtual. That's why. But it was. Yeah, you guys were actually there. Yeah, you had to like step behind the stage and play, and you probably. <laughs> no, I think it was because we kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the the coolest thing about this new because you know when you're researching songs, even when we do our normal shows, which this is a normal show, but when we 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 always do a little research on the songs, except for Mel because she like shit. She, I told him I was like, was I supposed to research some shit for the show? <laughs> I think it's better if I don't. I like to be <laughs> underprepared. <laughs> I ask questions that way. Yeah. You, yeah. you, you spark conversation. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. Because then I like make you guys look really fucking smart. I'm like, hey, so what about this? I doubt that. I'm not sure that's possible. <laughs> <laughs> but the, one of the coolest things I came across was, you know, because the song got uh, nominated for a few awards. And... Uh, so they thought oh, it was. Oh, this is good. So they thought it'd be great to, since they're a virtual band, they would do the speech virtually. So they created like, I mean, they did all this work. I mean, it was like super expensive to do this, and so it was a big waste of money because basically they didn't win any awards. So it was the most like expensive speech ever done without actually being done. <laughs> so I thought it was great. I mean, it's not like Jethro Tull didn't beat him out. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> That's epic. But that's unfortunate that that's the only like that's when Metallica was really good and they got nominated and didn't win the metal category. Yeah. And then after that, I think I blame that moment for Jason Newstead because he he was a big champion. I'm sure it was all of them being like, fuck this. We're just playing shit rock from now on. Here comes the Black Album. Oh, my God. Yeah. Enter the Sandman. Ah. <laughs> you won't rise <laughs> with the <that. laughs> Don't make fun of my album. Yeah, we are making fun of it. Oh, I'm going to make fun. I'll make fun of the Black Album all fucking day every day. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I just bring quality music to the station, (laughs) this uh, podcast here. That's why. This is what I'm going to say about the gorillas in my final thing. Oh, final thoughts? Yeah, my my (laughs) my final thoughts. Welcome to the Jerry Springer Show. Um, (laughs) But was that when the gorillas came out, they came out at a time before, like, EDM was a big thing in Europe. EDM was a big thing in the clubs underground. But as far as, like, mainstream music using a lot of, like, since the 80s, like, doing it well, the electronic instruments that were kind of weird because they used things like the Omnichord and these other little things that, you know, like a horn, like a tube you blow into a keyboard. They were playing all these different type of instruments that were electronically geared. After they did this, the music kind of changed a little bit because people saw what they did with it and they started going in that more electronic feel in the 2000s and beyond so what you're getting now is a lot based off what soundcloud rappers no um a lot of what (laughs) the gorillas did it shouldn't even be a thing (laughs) 2000s but i mean you know you know how you had adm and you had the synthwave pop from europe and everything but they kind of did it in a way that really transformed music moving forward so the black eyed peas that's how they came out oh my gosh 
<laughs> so there you have it, guys. There, there's our songs that we researched, and there's the yeah. research that we yeah, did. Yeah, I researched a lot. Yeah, you sure did. <laughs> you never know when Tori's going to show up, or she's just always here. She's always around. Yeah, we know. <laughs> under the surface, bubbling yep. under. Mm-hmm. Hey, guys. Oh, 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 bit, she, she bit me. I'm sorry. That's what happened. <laughs> Tori does bite. Oh, I just. Anyways, guys and girls, thanks for <laughs> joining us on the show this evening or morning or afternoon or whenever you're listening to us. But if you want to reach out to us, you can reach us at the Instagram and the Twitter at Music for the Messes. On the Twitter, it's Music Number Four the Messes, and you can always reach us at anything at musicforthemesses.com because Mike's a damn genius and he does stuff for us that we don't actually need, but he does it anyways. Yep. We're a virtual podcast. We're not even really here. Like yeah. the gorillas. Yeah. <laughs> we technically are a virtual podcast. We are. You Across guys the me. Zooms. Across the Zooms. We'll see you next time. Peace, y'all. Bye. <laughs>